fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and it is great to be here with you, folks. We have a great show today, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the preamble. We have Dr. Brian Artis on today, and he's going to tell you some things, folks, that quite frankly are going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. I've had the great pleasure of working very closely with him. We're doing a lot of research together. We've really teamed up and are putting together an incredible healing protocol that is underway. It launches this coming Tuesday. We have over 60 people ready to go through this process with us. And I can't wait to report back into you folks and and tell you the successes that we're having. You know, I really pray that God blesses us and blesses everyone in this healing process to get where they want to go. Um, But I got to tell you, folks, this is going to be a great show for you. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here today other than to say I am grateful for the work Dr. Brian Artis is doing, the courage he has been displaying, and just the outright will to seek the truth, you know, in spite of all the obstacles that have been in his way. So folks, uh, when we come right back, we are going to get started. It's a longer interview, two segments. I think you really want to stay tuned to this. I'm going to say something to you right now. Because I know he took a lot of flack, right? Dr. Brian Artis was right, okay? He was right, and I tried to prove him wrong. And the only thing I was able to do was to prove him right. So listen to this man. He's got a great heart, good intention, uh, and he's got a lot to share. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is brought to you by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Folks, we got a great program underway, The Art of Cellular Healing. Check it out if you can't get into the uh, ongoing class that we have starting uh, coming up on Tuesday, just join the the do-it-yourself version. Start getting the information that can help you get your cell structure, get your cellular environment set up to optimize the healing response. Check it out, folks. We have many things to offer you. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. Once again, that's energetichealthinstitute.org, and you will be very, very glad that you did. We write back with Dr. Brian Artis and more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. 
with over a quarter million units sold in Japan. It's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right, welcome back, everyone. I am here with, and I, you know me, I use this very, very sparingly, the great Dr. Brian Artis. Folks, he's got some stuff that is going to bring some hope today. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say in his latest research. He is a tireless researcher. I mean, I, I have the great pleasure now of calling him a dear friend and saying that we will exchange texts at two and three in the morning on things that we are nerding out on. So, Dr. Artis, it is so uh, just so awesome to have you here. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. And uh, Ely, I have to tell you, uh, it has been a fascinating, exciting time for me for the last month. I'm going to tell you. I have been relentlessly trying to educate the audiences and bring them up to speed on what I'm seeing, how I can relate information to the public to either warn them, educate them, inspire them to take action of ways to improve their health or protect their families. Uh, it has been out of this world exciting for me mm -hmm. to have you assist me at being open to look at information that I'm looking at, what I'm finding that I'm getting exciting about and sharing it with you and you being able to articulate back to me the same excitement because it supports the stuff you're researching and already seeing. And then it kind of solidifies it together with one big exciting thing, which is there's enough research and documentation to suggest there might be antidotes and solutions naturally to use God's body's immune system that he gave mm -hmm. us and the systems he innately put in there to drive themselves that we can support those and watch the miracle of God's in my opinion, ultimate creation, which is the human body, to watch it overcome poisons, toxins that we experience every day. It's amazing how inundated we are with poisons and toxins every day. And it's amazing to be on the natural side of things for the last 20 years and join forces with you arm in arm because you see things the way I do. And it's very exciting. Uh, and yet you also take the action to apply it to yourself, see if it works, see how it is you can make it easier and less maybe traumatic to <laughs> detox and repair and then articulate that to audiences and uh and you're actually motivated like i am to come up with solutions and protocols that uh eventually we can apply to people and see clinically mm -hmm. and experience and witness god's miracle i believe which is healing and uh I just love it. I'm very excited to be with you here. Thank you. Hey, Amen. I, and I share that excitement, sir, so, so much. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Uh, I want to let the audience know that uh, everything that Dr. Artis is saying, I have independently uh, come to as well. Um, this isn't him biasing me and, and pushing me in any direction. This is me working with patients and having little things happen, like a person who doesn't have lupus, have a lupus test show up positive, an antiquated one one that's based upon Russell Pit Piper venom and me going, holy crap, maybe Dr. Artis was right. And then doing some more research and you go down these rabbit holes and you go, oh my God, this is right. It's walking like a duck. It's talking like a duck. It's looking like a duck to me now. And when you start doing that, it opens up something that's very important for us, consideration. The most important thing that we can do is consider ideas from all places 
and then put them up against the scrutiny and the skepticism, the healthy skepticism that we should all be maintaining at this point. But I can tell you this, I tried to prove Dr. Brian Artis's work wrong. That's where I started my journey and I have not been able to do so. And I am a pretty damn good researcher myself. So walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's a duck. All right. And that's what's so interesting about this. So let's start out by getting into mechanism of action because you're the research. And it's every time I talk to you and like, you know, I think you with me, we, we have found something new, right? Something okay. new that, that, that confirms it. So let's start with D-dimer, if you don't mind, because I would love for you to give our audience an overview of what D-dimer is as a test and also what it's used for uh, beyond just pulmonary embolisms and the like. Yeah, this is great. So uh, this is actually one of the things I have to bring up to people like Peter McCullough, which I had to do this weekend with Ryan Cole and a cardiologist named Thomas E. Levy, just this last week at a presentation in uh, Florida. I was invited by Josh Yoder of US Freedom Flyers. He called me first and said, look, I've got some owners of a flight school. Will you please come out and do a presentation on how to evaluate pilots for heart disease or heart issues post-vaccine? or post-shedding even, and can we can you educate them on what tests should be run, what blood tests should be considered, and then what protocols should be applied to help save these people's lives before they go up in the air and, and have problems with those changes in barometric pressure and less oxygen up high in the air, which is worse scenarios for a pilot with cardiovascular problems induced by the shots. And I said, yes, I'd love to. I brought Dr. Tom. I actually asked him. He asked me to bring Dr. McCullough. I said, will you please let me bring Thomas E. Levy instead? He never even heard of him. He is so thrilled to have him. And uh, so I brought him in. I asked Dr. Levy to put together a, a blood test scenario, a couple blood tests you would actually recommend they all be tested for, and then uh, cardiac stress test or whatever, and then protocols for it. What would you suggest? Unbeknownst to me, because we didn't talk until we got there, and he did his presentation, the first thing he said was every pilot, the FAA should consider this test to be run on every single one of your pilots, commercially, privately. Everyone should have an elevated D-dimer test run, and then everyone should have a troponin test done. So we'll talk about the elevated D-dimer here. What Dr. Levy didn't know is I sat with him at dinner the night before, and I said, hey, doc, I saw your email that you're going to talk about elevated D-dimers. And I'm going to say it to you, Ely, just like I experienced here. This was his experience last Sunday night. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going to open up this Medscape article on how to interpret elevated D-dimers. I said, click the interpretation. Now, there's an online medical journal called Medscape.com. This is where it all started for me, speaking out about my worries that there's something really dangerous in the COVID-19 vaccines. A doctor in the summer of 2021, a medical doctor in British Columbia, Canada, Charles Hoff said he gave all of his patients mRNA injections for COVID. And then they all started getting sick. So he ran a D-dimer test, he said, and 60% of all of them had elevated D-dimers. Now, at that point, I had never heard of that test. I just looked it up. I wanted to know, well, what are medical doctors trained to look for when you see that? On Medscape.com, they have an article right now that was even updated just this year, or sorry, in 2022. You can look at it right now, medscape.com, elevated D-dimers, and learn all about it. The, it gives five major bullet points that every medical doctor is supposed to go look for when you see this. And this is what it discloses. You should look for a deep vein thrombosis, which is a deep blood clot in the legs. 
Or you should look for second bullet point, pulmonary embolism, a blood clot in your lungs, which we're seeing with COVID-19 vaccine injured. And then it says, look for micro blood clotting throughout the body, little bitty blood clots that gets in your fingers and toes and causes your finger and toes to die. And then it says, look for uh, anticoagulation therapy, like using heparin and warfarin with blood clots, because as they tear down the blood clots, you'll see elevated D-dimers. The fifth bullet point is the only thing disclosed of the five bullet points that medical doctors should go look for that causes all of the other four bullet points. And it says snake venom poisoning. Now, I showed that to Thomas E. Levy, a 40-year board-certified cardiologist who also knows what the elevated D-dimer test is. He never, ever knew that. And when I showed it to him at dinner, he literally went like this. Oh, my God, Dr. Artis, you are the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is what he says. You are the man. I said, uh, just so you know, elevated troponins, actually, that test you're going to tell these pilots, troponins are elevated. These are markers that you had a heart attack, a myocardial infarction right. specifically. Right. It is found elevated in 88% of all snake bite victims. Mm-hmm. So you see the elevated D-dimer could actually be snake venom poisoning causing blood clotting. And then uh, the troponins test this cardiologist recommended for all post-COVID-19 vaccinated pilots also is implicated in all envenomations. That's a big word. Envenomation means venom's been introduced into your body. It doesn't matter how, by an animal, by a vaccine or syringe, it doesn't matter. So let me, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick, Dr. Artis, because I want, I want you you said some real cool things and I want the audience to get this. So number one, what Dr. Artis is saying, everybody is that we do have some testing that needs to strongly be considered for everybody that we have a suspicion that we suspect has been injured by the shots, especially cardiovascular. Absolutely. D-dimer and troponin should be kind of a standard thing, just like when we were checking for the infections, vitamin D needed to be a standard test, right? So we're, we're developing this idea of how to look at it. Number two, what was very interesting is I, like Dr. Artis, went on a similar journey and I was after my cousin died. Um, and you, I, I'll, I talked a little bit about that in the first segment, but after she died, her, her D-dimer levels were off the charts they were uh, they were they were outside of what the result could even give now with you understand that what it is telling us point blank is that there is something major going on and we have to get down to the cause so what i want you to know is this everyone when dr artist is saying things about venom i know that's for people going wow that's still far-fetched and it's getting me out of my comfort zone and all that other stuff okay well if you're comfortable in this day and age after everything we've been through um i'm telling you that you probably are going to be easily shaken so i want to give you this piece of information snake venoms by and large contain glycoproteins all right and those glycoproteins have different mechanisms of action upon the blood and upon the cell and upon the nervous system. All right. And that's why they are potentially lethal. And what Dr. Artis is going to be talking to you about now are some of the mechanisms of action and showing you the similarities between the mechanisms of action of the spike glycoprotein and several glycoproteins in different venoms of snakes and and conotoxins right and so yes. shellfish and things like that so what Absolutely. i want you to understand is this and i'm going to ask this very point blank we have to have an honest conversation and what that requires is people to have an open mind to new information so don't just dismiss and run away 
Let's have the courage to listen to what he's saying and consider what he is saying before we try to attack him or attack what he is saying. Thank you. Dr. Artis, with that, now we have the rules of engagement for the radio show on. <laughs> Please take us through some of the mechanisms of action of the spike glycoprotein. Yeah, this is great. So in relationship to the D-dimer, I would just like to explain too, because I had to learn this. I'd never heard of that test. D-dimer is the reaction of your human body breaking down blood clots that are forming. What's coming off of the blood clot as a result of what you've probably educated your audiences on in human beings, if a blood clot is forming, our body will actually release what's called plasmin to break down the blood clot. What comes off the blood clot is what is called D-dimers. So if you see elevated D-dimers, you know that the plasmin is breaking down blood clots in the human body. And there's a few of these components God put into us. It's called prothrombin in our blood that then initiates something called thrombin that tells the blood to clot. Well, if there's a blood clot, it'll choke off blood supply and oxygen. So your body, God gave you something called plasmin to go break down the blood clot if it's being formed. The reactionary degradation or tearing down of the blood clot is what leads to elevated D-dimers being confirmed. So I just want you to know that's that's what the D-dimer is looking for, is the human body breaking down the blood clots. Now, I have to say something now that I'm talking to you, Ely. It just hit me, if you don't mind this moment. Go for it. Charles Hoff said of his mRNA injected patients, he only saw 60% of them had elevated D-dimers. Now, I took you through a presentation privately, and I showed you that in research studies, the Department of Defense has been building a drug made with hydrogel and two snake-derived proteins one that causes blood clotting and the other one that stops you from breaking down the blood clot. What if only 60% of the people had elevated D-dimers because plasmin was inhibited or wasn't allowed to break those down? You won't see the elevated D-dimers in that case because plasmin is not allowed to break down these clots when there's a specific protein they have been investigating to stop blood clotting and create blood clots that are irreversible even with drugs called heparin and warfarin. Like, what if that is the whole reason why you didn't see it in everybody, but could be. Right. Anyway. Well, well let me let me jump on that too, because it could be, that could be one of the mechanisms of action of why we're not seeing in that 40 percentile, you know, elevations of D-dimer, but it could also be because we have nutrient deficiencies. And Absolutely. what we saw was that uh, arginine and valine, two amino acids, are essential for the activation of plasminogen to plasmin. Right. So there's a number of factors. And I think this is the thing that we're wrapping our head around. There is no linear thing here. This is a web. This is a web and you got to and, and there isn't one size fits all. So don't even think that that's going to happen. But keep on going. Tell us more about this, about this spike glycoprotein now and and uh, what it does for coagulation, for bring, for causing the blood to get real sticky. Yeah, exactly right. So there's a term called glycosylation, glycosylation, which I'm sure you have reviewed. Glyco means sugar or a carbohydrate. So sugar, it was interesting. I was doing a presentation in Puerto Rico when you presented that Ryan Cole said, we need to call this a glycoprotein. I was like, finally, they figured it out because <laughs> all of the venom research I've had to get into, every venom peptide is called a glycoprotein. Uh, in fact, HIV-1, it's got a spike protein called a glycoprotein too. I mean, these are sugar proteins 
that make them bind through an enzyme reaction to other proteins in the human body. So for example, when I just mentioned that there was a protein that they were able to bind to inhibit plasmin from breaking down a blood clot, it's called textilinus. It's out of a, a snake called the Eastern brown snake. And uh, this, and unfortunately, these proteins were also found inside of COVID-19 patients' blood and in their feces in 2020 in the Italy study that you've actually uh, talked about so and shared, and I've shared that a lot around the world. So uh, this isn't should be controversial. I just want to sum this up for your audiences who are listening at home. Don't hate me yet. I'm just, I'm just trying to make you aware. When I saw that there was this odd test I'd never heard of coming out of Canada called a D-dimer, that everyone should go looking for clotting from the shots. And the term, the clot shot came from that guy finding out that elevated D-dimers were in 60% of his patients that were injected with COVID-19 shots. That's where the term clot shot came from. I didn't know about it. I had to go look it up. But once I saw that the five main bullet points that the medical literature is telling medical doctors and lab technicians to go look for, if you see a patient with elevated D-dimer, there's only one causative agent in the five bullet points highlighted, and it is snake venom poisoning. And then all of a sudden, I wanted to know, I wanted to know who created these mRNA injections. This is important because I didn't just make it up and throw it up all over the audiences around the world. I wanted to know who created the COVID-19 mRNA technology. In the mainstream media world, there's only two people that are actually congratulated, awarded, given royalties, and are on the patents for the mRNA technology. There are two scientists from the University of Pennsylvania, and their names are Catalin Carrico and Drew Wiseman. So those at home who are wondering, can Dr. Artis really, is he really crazy talking about this stuff or he's just insane? This is what I did. All I did was this. I took their names and I typed in Google, Drew Wiseman and Catalina Carrico and snake venom research. That's what I typed. And when you get home, you can do the same thing. The first thing that's going to pop up is a 2009 study, which was funded by Anthony Fauci's department. If you look at the funding section, it says Drew Wiseman and Catalina Carrico, it's abbreviated, KK and DW, are funded by the NIAID department of the NIH to do only one thing. It says we are funded to do mRNA gene therapy. In the beginning of the paper, they state that they use two substances to cleave RNA or cut RNA to insert their mRNA. And they disclose they are called RNAs and snake venom phosphodiesterase. By words, it says snake venom phosphodiesterase is what we use, funded by Anthony Fauci's department, to do mRNA gene therapy. That study in 2009 confirms they use snake venom to cleave your DNA to insert mRNA. And then in 2011, 12, 15, 17, all of these studies confirm the same thing. They all state the same thing. We're using snake venom in our research to damage our DNA or cut our RNA or DNA to insert mRNA to do the therapy. So when I came out and said, I'm worried there's snake venom in these shots, this is why. Because the people creating the shots and receiving, they just got $3 million royalty check, Dr. Ely, at the University of Pennsylvania for the Moderna shot. They just got $3 million, these two scientists, for their COVID-19 injection inventions. They disclosed that they have to use something to cut through the cell membranes of your body to get to your nuclear material where your nucleus is, 
where your RNA and DNA are, and they use snake venom to do it. And I don't know why they chose to use that. I am not a geneticist scientist creating vaccines uh, using mRNA technology, but uh, I found a study in an interview with Catalina Carrico when she was in Europe. She's from Hungary. In 1978 is when she started using RNAs, which is from snake venom, uh, to, use, to do mRNA technology. And in 1978 is the first time they took mRNA, wrapped it in lipid nanoparticle hydrogel. She says that in 1978 to create an antiviral vaccine for the flu. That's 1978. So they've been using and working on this technology for a long time. And they said the nanoparticle hydrogel, which I'm sure your audience is familiar with, with these shots, what it does is protect the degradation or tearing down of the mRNA by the RNase that is present, which RNase damages your cells to get the mRNA into your cells to genetically wire you to manufacture whatever it is they want, which is the spike glycoprotein. So the spike glycoprotein, we've already seen this. The Salk Institute actually published that the spike proteins on the outside of COVID caused by themselves without the virus damage to 28 different tissues in the human body, including brain tissue, heart damage, liver damage, kidney damage, intestinal damage, skin damage, like rashes, eczema, you name it. Psoriasis even could be a side effect, but uh, it was a, a massive amounts of harm and injury. Well, guess what else are glycoproteins? All snake venom phosphodiesterases used in these uh, mRNA injection researches or research studies is a glycoprotein. The spike protein is a glycoprotein. You are right, Dr. Ely. Dr. Cole is absolutely right as well. It is a sugar binding protein. So it has sugar on the outside of it and it will make it stick to other cells or proteins in your body eliciting changes to that cell. If it gets to your platelets, it'll make them sticky and make them stick together. And you get what's called a RULU formation. The red blood cells and the white blood cells will actually stick together and actually form, looks looks like a stack of coins, but they are not supposed to be stuck together. They're supposed to be free floating, not connected. So that's uh, an introduction to the glycoproteins. Yeah, so everybody, just before we go to break, when we get into this and we're talking about this conceptually, it's easy. So you don't have to know about hemagglutination and coagulation and things like this. Think of it as sticky blood. Red blood cells are key to bring oxygen to cells and to get carbon dioxide away from cells, right? Oxygen becomes energy. Carbon dioxide gets rid of waste. Now, if a red blood cell is stuck together, that means that the red blood cell loses surface area. And when a red blood cell loses surface area, it loses the ability to bind these essential sacred gases and get the oxygen to the cell and get the carbon dioxide out. So naturally, anything that's dependent upon that in any variety of tissue is going to be in, injured. It's going to have a hard time doing its job. And that's why in the Pfizer documents, in my professional opinion, we see over 1,300 uh, admitted pathologies. What thing in nature can lead to 1,300 different pathologies? Nothing that we know of. And that further creates this curiosity. So is this another, yet another sign that this is a manufactured in a lab bioweapon? In my opinion today, it is. In my opinion today, we are seeing the collection of several different glycoproteins from toxins that have been isolated, 
and put together so that they can create one super bioweapon, a spike glycoprotein and the mRNA sequence that teaches the body how to make it. And that that glycoprotein has multiple disastrous mechanisms of action. Salk Institute, University of California, San Diego have confirmed this. They confirmed this in 2021. It damages mitochondria. It inhibits the nitric oxide cascade. It disrupts the redox pathway in the cell. It, it, it throws off cell signaling communication. It destroys microtubules. It can damage the uh, DNA of the cell. It can actually reverse transcribe the mRNA sequences can and upload into the DNA in as little as six hours, confirmed by the Lund study, confirmed by another study that's on PubMed. Folks, when it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. And what you have to do is have the courage to consider that maybe this is a larger thing going on. And maybe this is the largest experimentation on human beings in human history. And that's when I say that this is worse than Auschwitz. And people go, well, hey, don't, don't badmouth the Holocaust. I'm not. We were supposed to have learned our lesson after it took so much to defeat that evil. We weren't supposed to ever allow that evil to emerge again. And my personal opinion is that that evil has emerged again. And it's emerged in the form of biotechnology being masqueraded as the next panacea for the problems that they have intentionally created. All right, folks, this is an age-old story of create the problem so you can profit off the solution. The problem with that is it's now targeting our children and our loved ones. And that's why we have to care and do something about it. Care enough to listen to what people are saying who have done tremendous research like Dr. Brian Artis. So what I'd like you to do is join us right after these messages and because he's got some hope that's going to come with this too. All right. And we wouldn't be sharing this if there wasn't hope. So we'll be right back with Dr. Brian Artis and Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. 
Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with the great Dr. Brian Artis again, and we finished up the last segment. And now look, we rushed through it a little bit. This is a radio show, right? So what we're going to do is I just did a huge talk uh, with the Canadian COVID Care Alliance. We'll make sure you have access to that. Once we get the uh, link for it, we go into detail in the research in it. We go into detail with the mechanisms of action of how the blood is coagulating, getting stuck together and why it's not being effectively broken apart. We want you to know that these are two different mechanisms of action, likely from at least two different um, glycoproteins that have been studied from um, what's been found in, in venom. Now, what I am uh, saying to you is this, is that in nature, there's nowhere that we have one glycoprotein that does all of these different mechanisms of action of causing red blood cells to get stuck together, of causing red blood cells to uh, be prevented from breaking down if there's a microclot, to, uh, to cells at, of any type being destroyed you know, within mitochondria, within cells, and energy production being destroyed of cells, and, and, nucle and, and things outside of the nucleus, microtubules, and cell communication being disrupted, and, and jacking up T cells. We, nothing in nature, no one thing in nature does all these things. But there are things in nature that if you were to put them together, could pull this off. And that's what Dr. Artis is saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what the spike glycoprotein appears to us right now based upon our research. And I would say this to you, prove us wrong. All right. Don't just dismiss it. Go and prove us wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong on this. Love. But I can tell you it keeps walking like a duck. It keeps talking like a duck. So it keeps looking like a duck to me. Now, as we switch gears now into hope, because that's where it comes in, I want to bring up something from Constantine Herring, a great homeopath uh, from uh, hundreds of years ago. And what he came up with was something called the Herring Law of Cure. The body heals from the inside out, from the top down, and the reverse order of symptomatology. So you kind of have to go through the symptoms to get to the healing process so your body can clear all the things that are leading to it. Now, Dr. Artis, you have some things that you want to share with us. We, I want to just give you the mic to go off. I'll jump in and ask some questions, but give our audience some hope, my brother. Absolutely. So thank you very much again, Ely. I love you, brother, and I think you're phenomenal. <laughs> and your audiences are extremely blessed to be able to have you standing in their corner. Uh, I want to uh, make uh, the audiences aware now that one of the things that I always want to do is I am not an alarmist. I'm not somebody who's trying to scare people, uh, make people afraid. Uh, I'm not fearful of anything really ever. So the fact that there is this attempt on the entire world to injure them, hurt them, force them to get this vaccine agenda. When I got to discover that uh, there is absolutely inside the research studies of these individuals that created the COVID-19 mRNA shots, Drew Wiseman and Catalin Carrico use a substance called snake venom phosphodiesterase. Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that this snake venom component is being used to do gene therapy research around the world. I had no idea. 
but it is. So I actually went online to find out, well, where would these researchers even get snake venom phosphodiesterase? So I went online to see if I could buy it or who buys it and where do you find it? Online, there was actually a company called Innovative Research. Since I've actually shared this with the world about 10 months ago that this company exists and they sell the same stuff being used in these shots by the researchers who created the shots anyway, the fact that they disclosed that they use this thing, there's a manufacturer, Innovative Research. They sell a bottle of snake venom phosphodiesterase that actually is sourced, it says, from rattlesnake venom. So they have a bottle for $133. Now, since I disclosed this, a company called Thermo Fisher Scientific has bought them, and now they raised the price to $150. But the exact same buy page is present, and it has a disclosure to the researchers who are buying this component of venom to do mRNA research and gene therapy research. It says, researchers beware, you cannot mix this component of venom to do your research you cannot mix it with these four nutrients. It says you cannot mix it with glutathione. You can't mix it with N-acetylcysteine or any cysteine product. And you can't mix it with ascorbic acids, which is what, Dr. Ely? Well, Dr. Artis, in my education, that's vitamin C. <laughs> uh, you would be absolutely right. It is vitamin C. So the snake venom manufacturers who are sourcing venom, supplying those components of venoms to do gene research around the world. They tell their researchers, if you buy this, just make sure you don't mix it with these three nutrients because it will destroy the mechanism of injury that these venoms do to your tissues you're working with. And then it pronounces a fourth declaration. It says there's a fourth component that you cannot mix because it completely destroys the venom phosphodiesterase, and it is EDTA, which is a really, really long word for an acid that's used very commonly as a heavy metal chelator and is a part, maybe your audiences know of Dr. Rashid Buttar, but he has used EDTA to help to reverse the effects of autism from vaccine-injured children, including his own son, and has testified before Congress of his EDTA uh, therapies, and has also helped to reverse cancers in almost 40,000 patients in his North Carolina practice using EDTA. So this is a component that is actually well known to science. So when I first read this, I was so excited, Eli. Number one, what have we been hearing the whole time surrounding COVID? Vitamin C, everyone should be on. We also found out out of China that that's what they used first in January of 2020. They used high dose vitamin C in hospitalized COVID-19 patients mm -hmm. and all of them 100% went home by day five. 50 now, out of 50, Dr. Chang, you can look it up, folks. He was getting the word out and YouTube censored him. Yep. And you can go to orthomolecular.net and actually look at all the studies that were published. It's a phenomenal resource. And you can look at the doses. They were using 25,000 milligrams up to 65,000, which is a lot of grams. That's a lot of capsules if you're going to do it. They were doing it intravenous. But vitamin C is a published inhibitor of venoms which was very exciting to me because I needed to let the know, let the world know that they know venom can be actually denatured by these nutrients that are very, very accessible and they're not expensive. One very eye-opening thing was this to me hmm. in May of 2020, the FDA came out and said they were going to permanently ban supplement companies from selling NAC ever again, N-acetylcysteine. Right. And they said, they're going to now register it as a pharmaceutical prescription. You had to get a prescription for it. Now, a whole bunch of companies have been selling that for 75 years 
freely without prescriptions. So they all just filed complaints with the FDA and they haven't done anything yet. But the fact that they would want to take that off the market, knowing that it actually breaks down blood clots and inhibits venoms. Oh, it was a tall tale, like red flag to me that this may have been why they were orchestrating, trying to get this out of human beings hands as a preventative to the blood clotting effects of the spike proteins of COVID, which were identified in France in April of 2020, just before the FDA came out and said, we're not going to let you sell uh, NAC anymore. Now, let me jump in on there. So that Italian study, oh, that was France you were referring to. The Italian study, though, I think was 2021 when it was published. Is that correct? It was published in October 2021, but it was actually finalized and completed and submitted in June of 2020. It took a year and almost three months to have it actually published. Wow. Yes. Imagine why that was hidden from view. Right. Well, well, we don't want anybody knowing about that. And then, and then one other note, folks, in acetylcysteine, guess what? It also helps create in your body glutathione. All right. So it's a a double whammy right there. It's like, you're going to create, have a little in acetylcysteine floating around. It's something we use when people have, um, uh, you know, things that they can't, they're having trouble expectorating from their lungs. You know, it, it helps thin out that thick phlegm and everything, but it also helps the body make glutathione. And glutathione is one of the key pathways for detoxification of waste at the cellular level. One of the wastes likely could be these, the breakdown of the spike glycoprotein, the, the, the toxins. And here's the thing that I've been thinking about, Dr. Artis. We break down the spike glycoprotein, right? We start using vitamin C and stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's all said and done because you still got to bind this up. You still got to grab it and make sure it's not causing what we would call in the natural world, a Herxheimer reaction or a healing reaction in people. Because Absolutely. if you break down this, this thing, if it is what we think it is and you break it down, there's a potential that it breaks down into smaller components of things that are still lethal, potentially lethal right? It's like a a Lego that is disastrous. So we have to make sure we sponge it up that calcium EDTA um, actually performs that. So it not only does it break it down, but it binds it too, which is very, very interesting. That's how, that's how, that's what we use for chelation for a long time. It's some interesting, interesting stuff. What else do you have for us? Cause I know you found some things on things like ashwagandha and Vitex and you know, what else have you found uh, in your research? Yeah, this is phenomenal. So to speak on NAC and the glutathione, I've actually been educating people just like you have, but NAC in combination with selenium Mm -hmm. and apple pectin actually encourage the liver to make glutathione on its own. And you're like me. I like getting the body to do it on its own as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Just feed it what it needs. It knows what to do. There was no stress on me as a practitioner. People used to ask me all the time, are you worried about trying to reverse my lupus? I was like, no, I'm just going to feed your body, detox it. And mm-hmm. God's miracle body is going to do it all on its own. There's no stress on me. It does it all by itself. He already taught it how to do that, instructed it how to do that. It's miraculous. All right. So this was just the, the excitement for me was the hope that now they are publishing glutathione, NAC, vitamin C, which are an EDTA, natural substances can be inhibitors and completely detox venoms, which was exciting. Specifically, the venom component in the research papers of the people that made the shots for the last 13 years. So that's what I was really excited about. Then the spike protein in France, in in April of 2020, they actually ran the gene sequence of the spike protein without the virus. And they published that it was most identical to three things, 
cobra toxin from King Cobra Venom, a really short little sequence of protein and called a peptide. And then they said it's also identical to a venom peptide from a snake called the crate snake out of Asia. And that, that venom peptide is called bungarotoxin. And then they said it's almost identical to three parts of the rabies virus also, which is very interesting. When I put that up on the screen, lots of people in the audience will come up to me and go, when I got COVID, I didn't have like COVID symptoms. I had rabies symptoms. And now this explains why. Yes. And like you said, it's not just one weapon. They're combining a whole bunch of weapons and making us sick and creating all kinds of 1300 problems in the human body with these shots and with COVID, I believe. So that was very exciting. The bungarotoxin I want to focus on because... The bungarotoxin is crate venom peptide, also identified to be identical to the spike protein on the outside of COVID by French researchers in April of 2020. Four months earlier in January of 2020, those same scientists who treated patients with vitamin C in China, they said the antibodies being made in their bodies to attack whatever it is, those antibodies are actually targeting a specific uh, substance. And they said its origin of what it's targeting is most identical in genetics to crate venom from a snake called the crate snake called bungarotoxin. They said the second most likely source is the antibodies are targeting cobra venom. The third most likely animal source for this new COVID virus is bats. So it was always these two snake venoms. The reason why I want to focus on this with the ashwagandha herb when I knew that they identified these spike proteins, two different countries, two different scientists, and then Italy, a third country, confirmed the presence of all these venoms in COVID-19 patients, crate venom comes up number one in all of them. Hmm. Number one that they find. That's called bungarotoxin. So I went online to find out what are some natural substances researchers are looking for that are antidotes to bungarotoxin. And I shared it with you. They have actually figured out a list of plants that have the highest affinity to bind to mammal cells, receptors on the outside of their cells, that will not allow bungarotoxin to bind to it. And one of those highest affinity herbs is ashwagandha, otherwise known as withania somnifera. So ashwagandha I've used for years to help with reducing cortisol, helping improve mm -hmm. metabolism, improve sleep, reduce stress. It is an incredible plant that God put on this earth, by the way, mm -hmm. that also protects you from venomous poisons, which is which not. I, I didn't know that we, yeah, we've used it for the same reasons, Dr. Artis, and we've used it for, you know, just thyroid. You know, it's, it's one of the go-tos when you have someone who's exhibiting hypothyroidism, right? Exactly right. But I mean, you start going, well, well I never even thought about it. For, for venom, because we just don't deal with envenomation, you know, in our practices, right? We're not in rural areas and we're not, you know, we're not seeing people with those kind of issues, but you know, you see that and it starts, you start asking yourself some more questions. So where else did, where did you go next with, with that information? Yeah. So I want you to know that ashwagandha, I was very excited about, cause I was very familiar with it, that that actually has proven uh, to be able to bind to the same receptors and protect us from bungarotoxin or venom spike proteins, whatever you want to call them. And then the, a second plant I was very familiar with is called chase tree and mm -hmm. Vitex is its Latin name or scientific name. And that's also listed as a uh, inhibitor of bungarotoxins, peptides or proteins in their venom. So I was just very excited that we found plants that do that. Mm -hmm. And then you start looking at these blood clotting effects and concerns with the elevated D dimers. And I shared this with you. Uh, Judy Mikevitz, I got to give her credit. Uh, mm -hmm. She, in 2019, did an interview with Mickey Willis called Plandemic, and she is asked by him. It's been seen by a billion people. He asked her, 
Um, if all these people are creating a pandemic with all these viruses, um, don't they have an antidote? If they know this is going to be a weapon, it's going to make a whole bunch of people sick. Don't the people making this, don't they have an antidote? And she goes, yes. And he goes, well, what's the antidote? And she goes, the antidote's Suramin. Suramin is spelled S-U-R-A-M-I-N. It's a drug owned by Bayer Corporation in Germany. Mm-hmm. Bayer, who makes aspirin, Flintstone vitamins, you know, that company you know, mm-hmm. that also experimented on all the Jews and the Holocaust camps, that company. Mm-hmm. So Bayer owns Suramin. Well, I went to look at research studies on Suramin, and Suramin is actually published to be an antidote to snake venom bites. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And then they reference in the Suramin study that not only does Suramin inhibit blood clotting effects of venoms of snakes in this paper from 2007, it says we've also published and reported that there's a component found in licorice root that mimics the same protective stopping blood clotting from occurring in the human body. And that component is called what, Dr. Ely? Lizorizin. And that where do we find that? Licorice root, baby. One of my licorice. favorite herbs, the herb that got me through medical school, Dr. Artis. I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would chew on it. It's in my herbal teas. I, I would take it all the time. I just got some more. Now, with that in mind, what's really interesting is that we have to keep in mind there is a deglycerated form as well. Yeah, which, please educate us right now. So, so if there's a deglycerated form and it would be called DGL, deglycerated licorice, then that would not have this same potential impact, hope that ceramin or was it ceramin would bring, right? So what we're saying is the natural world has solutions. When you understand mechanism of action, even if it's, let's say, let's say we are proven wrong, right? Let's say that we're proven wrong and it's not from all the study of, of the envenomation and the peptides and venom that they've been studying for over 40, 50 years. Let's say it's not that, right? We're still dealing with mechanism of action. And when you get down into mechanism of action and you understand what's going on in the blood, what's going on in the cell level, now the natural pharmacopoeia opens up beautifully. So is it a coincidence that when we're using a lot of vitamin C, because what have I been using on my severely injured uh, patients I've been working with? High dose vitamin, is, there, is, there, is, it, is, it, is it just a coincidence that it's been working effectively? Um, you know, glutathione has been a part of our, our treatment programs. Is it a coincidence? right? Some people, they take some glutathione and it's too much for them too soon. And and maybe that's because they're having a Herxheimer reaction and they're misinterpreting their symptomatology. And maybe because we didn't get them into stage. You see, folks, this is why I'm saying to you this, we have to have staging, stage one, stage two, stage three of a healing process. That's what I've been proposing. You can check it out at the Energetic Health Institute. We call it the art of cellular healing right? We take people through this process. We teach you how to take yourself through this process. But the thing we want to to reiterate is just because we're finding some good research and Dr. Artis is doing some great work, there's a lot of hope he's bringing. Doesn't mean go run out and buy all this stuff and just start slamming into your body without anybody helping you figure it out. We're not at that place. We're still investigating. We're still putting ourselves through trials right now. We're actually we're actually testing this on ourselves, right? So yes, what I want are. you to don't run out and try and just start throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. Work with people who have an idea of where you can get started and how to walk you through a process and make sure you don't put yourself in an unsafe situation. So Dr. Artis, we're up against it. We could I could talk to you easily for another five to six hours, right? I want to give you a couple, a minute or two, just to, what are your final thoughts? What do you want to get out and make sure people listening know about what's going on today? 
Yeah, this is great. Uh, thank you for the interview and the opportunity. So just to wrap this up too, outside of glycerinic acid, when we're saying look for DGL and GL, when you turn around a supplement and look at the supplement facts panel, the little box with all the little ingredients, it'll say DGL or GL. You're going to want GL is what we're talking about here. What we're explaining, mm-hmm. trying to make it simple. That's where you find that info. Uh, secondly, Ely and I are doing an experiment because I took him through a patent of a guy who was paid by our government from 1993 to 1996. His name's Paul Reed to develop from neurotoxic snake venom, large production antiviral vaccines. And they actually paid him for three years from 1993 to 1996 to put snake venom in bacteria and yeast and manufacture synthetic venoms for large scale production for antiviral vaccines. In 2010, he was awarded a patent, and I showed Dr. Ely and went through the whole patent. In that patent, Paul F. Reed, the scientist, paid by our government to make viral vaccines, antiviral vaccines from venoms, he discloses that in the commercial world of developing venoms for antiviral vaccines, that they use one thing commercially and most often to detoxify the cobra venom before they inject it into humans. And that's called hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> over, over and over and over. I was like, oh my God, I got to share this with Ely. He's going to freak out because he loves cellular function. He loves explaining the basics of cells physiology to be able to encourage healing. And what does he always talk about? You got to get the mitochondria to create ATP. The mitochondria use hydrogen peroxide to even do that. So how do we get the body to maximize using and producing oxygen, which by the way, hydrogen peroxide has an extra oxygen molecule over water. So you're adding oxygen to the body. They know that hydrogen peroxide detoxifies venom and they use a little bit of it to detox it. Well, what happens if you increase how much hydrogen peroxide we can manufacture in our body Will that assist in the denaturing and detoxing of the venoms? And we have been experimenting, him and I, with food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Do not go out to a store and get brown-bottled 3% hydrogen peroxide. You cannot drink that stuff. You cannot ingest it. Don't do it. We are working with food-grade hydrogen peroxide on ourselves. We are seeing miraculous things just in four or five Mm -hmm. days, which Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. And I really do think Ely. This is going to be a massive, massive victory uh, that we can utilize worldwide to help people who have been injured. And that's very, very exciting to me. So these are all things that we're using to try to help people. And uh, how much time do I have before I have to get cut off? Because I want to share a story. 30 seconds. In Florida, an attorney looks at me and goes, hey, my wife got stung by a scorpion eight weeks ago. What would would you say you would suggest to fix it? And I was like... "Um, Food grade hydrogen peroxide, don't do it yet. NAC, vitamin C. And then I said, I would also use nicotine. Now I'm just gonna throw it out there. This lady, I told her, I said, do not use a lot. But the very next morning, her husband gave her a six milligram pouch. She has had for eight weeks, fire pain in the nerves of her arm where she got stung by a scorpion. We know she's envenomated. Within three minutes of sucking on nicotine, all the pain disappeared, all of it. And she started crying. Husband calls me. I said, you better spit that out because she's going to get really sick because the venom's no longer tied to her nerves. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be in her blood, lymph, and in her bowels. She's going to get nauseous and want to puke. This is that Herxheimer reaction you're talking about. 
So at the same time, we're learning how to actually get venom off of cells in the human body. We also need to denature them, detoxify them, and assist your body to get them out. Never, ever would anybody ever say to you, you have parasites. We need to kill them all today. No, Mm -hmm. no one would do that. They would do it slowly so you don't get really violently ill. This is going to be no different. This is a much more toxic weapon than parasites ever were. Let us coach you and allow other people who are health professionals to coach you on how to use these basic nutritional principles Mm -hmm. and their mechanisms of action to help reverse possibly the scenarios you're experiencing. Amen. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's. Um, I'm going to put one more reiteration out there as well on top of it. Do not go out and start doing this, particularly with the food grade hydrogen peroxide. It has to be diluted substantially. There is a process and a protocol for it that we are that Dr. Artis and I are developing. We will share it. It is not to be used long term. It is something that will be in conjunction with a detoxification and cleansing process during a stage two of a healing cycle. So you need to do it only under supervision. Again, do not go out and do it on your own. Okay. It's a recipe for disaster. All right. So with all that being said, Dr. Artis, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. We'll have some additional links in the show notes when this goes to podcasts for people who want to get more information and see some of the research that he and I have been pulling. And uh, folks, there is hope. So find us at the Energetic Health Institute, go to energetichealthinstitute.org, check out our Art of Cellular Healing programs, our our cellular detoxification and fasting programs, folks, I think we have the blueprint now, and I'm so excited to be in partnership with Dr. Artis and taking his amazing research and putting it together. He's actually going to be coming in and doing some team teaching with me in a, a couple of the sessions that we put together coming up soon. So I'm really excited to have him there. Um, folks, uh, like we say always, may God shine his divine light down upon us all everyone we love and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Aloha and adios.